0: Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of uh, Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, just before the Gospel of Matthew. And look in the third chapter, if you will, third chapter of Malachi, and we want to read one verse of Scripture, and that's verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Well, they would have been consumed if he hadn't changed and not been merciful toward them because they had a lot of things coming. But we want to use this for a text. I'm the Lord and I change not. I change not. You know, we're living in a changing world, by the way. Things are not like they used to be in our world. In so many ways, population, transportation, occupations, and so on, And we'll give you some more thoughts in a moment along that line that we have changing from time to time. But for instance, if we think of population, I had some stats that I looked up on the population of these United States. In the 40s, it was 132 million something. 50s, 152 million. 60s, 180 million. 70s, 205 million. 80s, 227 million. And I'm leaving off the thousands and numbers. And then in the 90s, 249 million. And today, it's estimated 303 million. So from 132 million in the 40s, 303 million. A lot of population. And then I didn't go into the world population. That would be another story altogether because around this world, It's just tripled and quadrupled till I I don't even know uh, how to... I would begin to estimate it without some uh, figures that I might get somewhere. But anyway, population changes because we're getting more population on this globe than we thought we could ever support upon it. And then what about transportation? automobiles that go faster all the time and of course we have the airplanes and we have going into outer space and things in outer space going so many thousands of miles not per hour but per minute and they just seemed like everything in that way and occupations have changed you know the occupations that we used to know some of us who are older uh, they're no longer in other words this day and hour if you don't use a computer and if you're not up to date you go to the lumber yard anymore and if their computers broke down you don't buy a stick of lumber I was up at the bank the other day and uh, let's see was it the bank or where was it somewhere I'm trying to recall now exactly where it was oh it's the post office down at the post office here Hollywood post office and their computer was broke down. They couldn't take in any uh, mail, any packages. Couldn't take any money in or out. You're at a standstill nowadays. Nothing happens anymore without a computer. And uh, in some restaurants, you may not get anything to eat without one. I don't know about that, but uh, I'm thinking it's on that verge of that uh, kind of a thing. Uh, Science and knowledge, technology is just beyond our imagination. We talk about atmospheric changes, the ozone layer and all of these things. And then we come into the religious world and there's more cults today than ever before. All kinds of cults. People that believe things that are not in any way based upon the truths of God's Word. And they're just stemming out everywhere of every kind. The morals have changed from the time that uh, some of us were grown up till this day. And then families and homes. uh, But some things have not changed. And that's what we want to deal with this morning. Things that have not changed. First of all, God himself. There will be several points of our message. Let me see how many there are. Five main points of our message. That God has not changed. God Himself has not changed. We call this His immutability. It means changeless or changelessness. He is infinite. He is eternal. He knows all things. He has all power. He sees everything. The Bible says, "...the eyes of the Lord are upon the ways of man. He seeth all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves." The Bible says He knows our thoughts afar off. Can you imagine God knowing your thoughts? But He does. He knows when we think good and when we think evil. And so, therefore, we need to purify our minds and our thoughts by His Word and by His Holy Spirit. We need continual help in that direction. So we we know that God's uh, love and His mercy, and we'll deal with some of those things individually in a moment. But He is changeless. God is changeless in essence and in substance. The basic a- aspect of His nature, of the nature of God. His nature. I have a comment here in my Bible I'll read. It says, I am the Lord Jehovah, the self-sufficient, the eternal, whose being is not under limitations of succession and time. Because I am Jehovah, I change not. Therefore, our finite and mortal selves abide. And we, and our infinite, and sinful selves, are still the objects of His steadfast love. That's a quote by uh, one McLaren I have in my library. Has a volume set of volumes commentaries and uh, really expositions that are kind of uh, exhortations more than that. But anyway, when we think of God, we call His immutability and His changelessness. His will and His conscience has not changed. James one seventeen speaks of the Father of lights with whom no, is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It says in James one seventeen, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. By the way, if you read that passage, every good gift and every perfect gift, there's a difference between those two words, gift, right there in the original. And it's worth expounding at some point in time. Numbers twenty-three, nineteen says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God... Is going to do everything he said he would do in First Samuel fifteen twenty nine. It says, and also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. In Titus uh, chapter one verse two, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Hebrews 6, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. His word and His hope and His oath are all bound together. And so He confirms it by an oath. We could give you Scripture after Scripture and time would fail if we did, but I'm tempted to give you one or two more. Uh, Isaiah 46, verse 10 and 11. But it says this, Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And verse 11 says, Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. So God has promised that He will do what He has purposed, and He will carry it out. The Bible teaches us many other things. All changes must be for better or for worse. Have you ever thought of that? But, God cannot change for the better since He is absolutely perfect. He cannot change for the worse for the same reason, because He's already perfect. Neither can uh, He change to the worst, for this same reason, and any change in his ad- attributes would make him less than God. Any change in what he is and any, any of his attributes, and we'll get into those in a moment, would make him less than God. Any change in his purpose or plan would make him less than God and less wide and, wise and less good and less holy. So we find that God is unchangeable. I'm the Lord. I change not. God's love has not changed. The Bible tells us that God is love. Love is of God and God is love. You read a passage in the book of 1 John. Let me read it for you. 1 John chapter 4, it says this. It says uh, in verse 6, We are of God, he that knoweth God, heareth us. He that is not of God, heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. It says, in this was manifested. Here's how it was manifested. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There's verse after verse that we could go on and deal with, but uh, we'll have to stop there. But it just proves the love of God. There are so many verses there, you'd have to continue with uh, every one of them. But God is love. He is the rock on which we build. God is changeless in His grace. God is full of grace. The Bible says He's the God of all grace. You read Exodus 34, verse 6, and it tells us He's gracious and merciful. And it continues from generation to generation. God is changeless in His power. God is all-powerful. The Bible says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any 2 edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's quick and powerful. That's Hebrews 4, verse 12. By the way, verse 13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight, but all things are naked and opened under the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. God is changeless. God's plans and purposes have not changed and they will not change. He says, I will not alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God says, I'm not going to change anything that I've spoken. Many times we have to take back our words, do we not? More than often. More often than than we would like to. But God does not have to take them back. God's plans and purposes and God's Word. It says, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart, to all generations. His promises are sure, they're going to be carried out. Therefore, our faith may rest upon him and upon what he has said. Someone says, well, you know, God said this, but this happened to me. Never mind, whatever God says is going to be, regardless of what's happened to you. You say, well, it hasn't happened yet, but I can't see it. Maybe you'll never see it, but it's still going to happen because God has said and it's going to be brought to pass God whatever God has spoken God's mercy has not changed in Psalm 103 verse 17 it says but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting he fails not he is not he will not be weary his justice has not changed remember when Abraham confronted the Lord and praying for a lot and for the cities of the plain. And Abraham went to God and says, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the judge of all the earth will do right and has done right. In the book of Isaiah chapter 28 verse 17 it says this, Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies and the water shall overflow the hiding place. So he is Very true in carrying out all of His justice and His judgments. God is changeless. The ways of Satan, number two. The ways of Satan have not changed. You say, well, you read the text and it says, I'm the Lord, I'm God, and I change not. That's true of God, but it is also true of Satan. The devil has not changed. He is deceptive, tempting, and evil. He has had 6,000 years of experience laying traps for God's children and deceiving and blinding souls. The Bible says, "...in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not." He is called in the Bible the adversary. And all his hosts ceaselessly and maliciously and deliberately seek the life of every blood-bought believer in Christ. They try, he tries to destroy us. Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And if you'd put that in our day and our right now, he's well at work all over the world to try to do that exact thing. To steal and to kill and to destroy. And you can rest assured that many religions in the world are up to that same thing because many of them are inspired of satanic power. And you don't... You don't want to admit that. When you think of religion, you think of something good. But all religions are not good, beloved. Religion just means to rely upon. And people rely upon, that's what it means. Religion, rely upon. And so, all religions, all that people rely upon are not good. Many of us false. In the book of Revelation 12, verse 9, he is seen as a dragon for cruelty. None more cruel than the dragon. He's seen as a serpent, the seducer. He's seen as the devil, as the tempter. And Satan, the adversary. You find all those terms spoken of the devil in Revelation 12, verse 9. In Matthew 13, verse 19, he is seen as a thief. He's catching away the seed of the Word of God. Always stealing the priest's word. You know I can stand up here and and preach God's Word and be as true to it as is possible for uh, me to be and probably as most of us are able to be true to God's Word and the devil will take it and he'll twist it and he'll steal it away and he'll try to corrupt everything that's said. And you know we uh, find that when the seeds were sown by the wayside, the hard place, the fowls of the air came and, and devoured it before it had a chance to even get in the any moisture or, or grow. And that's in Matthew's Gospel, the 13th chapter. You'll find time and time again where this picture is uh, brought out. Uh, the devil is a liar. The father of lies. John 8 verse 44. He's a murderer from the beginning. And First Peter 5 8 says he's a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's always on the prowl. In Second Corinthians 11 verse 14 and this is in the idea of those that are ministers of the Word of God, it says that he is an angel of light. He's an angel of light. And it says, if the devil is like that, it says, it's no great thing if his ministers shall be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Everyone that calls himself a preacher is not a preacher. Some of them are Satan's emissaries. And if they're not preaching the truth of God's Word, you say, Preacher, how do you know that? Because the Bible tells you that. If you wanted to turn over there to it, I think I could give it to you in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's turn over there and I'll just read a little portion of it for you. It says in verse 13, that even in Paul's day, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 13, we're talking about Paul's day now. For such are false apostles... In his day, false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. See that? And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. It's no great thing, Paul says. If they be transformed into what ministers of righteousness, but if they're not speaking the truth of God's word, they are inspired by the wrong spirit. Right. And the Bible says tells us in First John chapter four that we are to try the spirits. But it says every spirit. It tells us to try the spirits because every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Let me read it for you. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby I know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That means you believe in the virgin birth, the incarnation, the deity of Christ. Okay, But every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. In John's day, he says it's already here, and it was. And if it was true in John's day, and, and the world is becoming more wicked, how much more true is it in our day? It is true in our day. And beloved, you better be careful of what you listen to this day and hour. His sphere is in the world and in the air and in the heavens. The Bible tells us in John fourteen thirty that He's the Prince of this world. In Ephesians 2, verse 2, it says He's the Prince of the power of the air. Revelation 12, verse 10, we find Him in heaven. And all three spheres, in the earth and in the skies... Power of the air and in the heavens. In God's very presence, in Revelation 12, verse 10. And we find that Satan is after the souls of men. He doesn't change. We're talking about the changelessness of Satan now. He can take captive. 2 Timothy 2, 6, says they're taken captive by him at his will. In 1 Peter 5, verse 9, he can devour. He's always ready to devour. In, uh, Matthew 25, verse 5, he can put to sleep. Remember the parable of the ten virgins? It says they all, there were five foolish and five wise. But it says before the bridegroom came, they all slumbered and slept. We talk about the five that are wise are sleepy Christians, aren't they? They really are. The foolish are the ones that were lost. They were not prepared. And even the ones that were wise had fallen asleep. It's kind of a picture of this world today, isn't it? Even in even in professed Christendom, the the would be wise, the wise are asleep as well as the foolish. But one thing about the wise, they had prepared themselves for the return of the, the bridegroom coming. Uh, so he can blind men's hearts and minds. The Bible says the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The devil is not changed. He is alive and well, and he's ever about his business of deception. Therefore, beware, beware. You know, if I if I walk up to someone's fence, picket fence, and there's a sign on the gate that says "Beware of the dog" or "Beware of the bulldog" or "Beware of whatever." It's just in simple words. Just "dog" is enough for me. Well, I, I won't open that gate. You go in there, you might get a leg bit off. But anyway, we, we pay little attention to God's warnings of beware. But He tells us to be careful. And He has time and time again told us things and given us warnings. And then the third thing. God has not changed. Satan has not changed. Human nature has not changed. Ever since the fall of man, when Adam first sinned, Man has possessed a sinful nature. The Bible says in Romans 5 verse 12, For by one man, listen, For by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death hath passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The Bible tells us in the third chapter of the book of Romans, He says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, There is none righteous, uh, no, not one. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, There's not a just man upon earth who doeth good and sinneth not. Well, if there's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not, what about the unjust unjust man upon the earth? You know, he doesn't do good, even if a just man cannot do it. It shows where we all fit into that same category. All have broken God's moral law, which has not changed. The Ten Commandments are still the Ten Commandments. Someone said, well, we're not under the law. No, but the law still exists. We're under grace. But the Bible does say this. Christ is the end of the law. Listen, for righteousness to everyone that believeth. It does not say Christ is the end of the law, period. God's law is still there. And a man that breaks God's law and God's commandments is guilty of the sin of breaking that law, whatever it may be. If it's adultery or murder or liar or thief or whatever, he's guilty. And he's going to suffer the consequences. But we cannot be justified by the law because we have not kept the law. In the book of Romans chapter 8, for what the law could not do, I believe it's verse 3, beginning with verse 3, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, a sacrifice for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So the law has not been able to save us. We've broken it. And yet God's law still condemns us. And the righteousness that we have is by faith in Christ and He's redeemed us, Galatians 3, verse 13, from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Now then, sinful man is in need of salvation. He is lost. He is perishing. He's under condemnation. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, I believe it's verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But look, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we find that he's lost and he's perishing and he's under condemnation. He's without hope. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, without hope and without God in the world. You know, if you're without hope, I I can't imagine a person being without hope. That's about the worst condition you can be in. And then without God in the world, it says. He's dead in trespasses and sins. That's also in Ephesians chapter 2. He's alienated from God. That's there also. The Bible tells us that we're filled with evil things. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking about, He says, from within the heart of man, out of the heart of man comes evil things. Murders, adulteries, thefts, all kinds of bad things. Uh, I think you should read verses 21 through 23. Only the spiritual blinded man would fail to... See his need of salvation. Man needs salvation. And the way that a man is saved, he must see the goodness of God. The Bible says, The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. I believe you'll find that in Romans, maybe chapter 2. I'd have to check that one for sure. The way of salvation never changes. Number four. The fourth thing of our message is, We said that God says, "I, I do not change. We've said the ways of Satan have not changed. No. Uh, Human nature has not changed, was free, and now the way of salvation never changes. It is still by grace through faith. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's by repentance and faith, and it's by the grace of God. It was that way in the Old Testament. It says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Even back in the days of Noah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He didn't deserve it, but God, he found grace. By faith in the merits of Christ's redemptive work. The Bible says, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The Bible says, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. If you want those scriptures, Colossians one fourteen and Ephesians seven. Then we find that the Bible tells us uh, without shedding of blood, there is no remission. So we need the redemption through Christ's shed blood. Men have imagined many ways of salvation. They've imagined it by ritual and by ceremony and by works. And even some in parts of the world by self-infliction and sacrifices, by rules and laws. But the Bible teaches only one way, by grace through faith. And that of, is not of yourselves, it is gift of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Faith in the person and work of Christ alone. The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4, verse 12. John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave Him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Acts 16 verse 31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So, the plan of salvation has not changed. We must come in repentance and faith, trusting in in Christ, Him alone, and in His work, and sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and in his shed blood for redemption, atonement, and forgiveness. That's the only way. Some people say, what about the rest of the world? that doesn't believe that. The rest of the world is in trouble. And uh, no man will be judged without uh, God giving him a reason for being judged. God, The judge of all the earth will do right. Someone says, what about the heathen? God says... In His Word, in Romans chapter 1, that the invisible things of Him from the creation are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead. Romans chapter 1, you'll find it down there. Even, I believe it's around verse 20, 21, 22, along in there. Even His eternal power and Godhead. So, even a heathen world has some light, and if they rebel against that light, they're judged according to the knowledge that they have, not according to the knowledge that you and I have, who may have much more knowledge. And then last of our message, and we'll have to hurry with this one. I had to hurry with part of it already. The Word of God has not changed. God's Word is forever settled in heaven. Psalm 119, verse 89. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, But the Word of our God shall stand forever. It's going to stand First Kings eight verse fifty six says, There hath not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. And even now God promises salvation to all who believe on Christ. Let me read a scripture in the book of Acts, chapter thirteen. Let's see, Acts chapter thirteen, verse thirty-eight and thirty-nine. It says Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, that's Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. Now verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. All that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. That's the promise he's made. He promises eternal life here and now. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And the Bible tells us in uh, John 5, verse 24, I've had some of you to memorize that. I don't see them here today. But John 5, 24, remember you're supposed to memorize that verse. And what does it say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. That means that final great judgment, but is passed from death unto life. And he promises all believers, listen, I love this. He promised all believers will be with him in glory. Amen. You say, well, my faith is weak. This one's strong. This one's in the middle of the road, if you trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're going to go to heaven. If you've been born again, if you're a child of God, you're going to go to heaven. Someone said, what if? Never mind the what ifs. Kick them out the door. People have too many of those. You say, preacher, where do you get that? Let me give you a verse of Scripture. In the great high priestly prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. And I'll just give you one verse. in Verse 24. And Jesus is praying to the Father. And He says, Father, I will. You think God answers His Son's prayers? He said, before He raised Lazarus, He says, Father, I know that Thou hearest me always. But for the benefit of those that stand by, I said it. And He said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, I know you hear me always. But in John 17, verse 24, He says, Father, I will that they also, whom Thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. He says, I want all of those that you've given to me to behold my glory. That's as secure as the prayer of Jesus that we'll be in heaven with Him. Someone says, I don't believe in security. Well, I'm sorry for you if you don't. We must, we must change and accept Jesus as our Savior. We have to change and trust Him. We're commanded to repent and receive Him by faith. God does not change, but He makes it possible for you and I to change, and that's what's needed. We need to be a new creature. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I preach this message, and it's up to you to receive it however God would have you to receive it. If you've never accepted Christ, you need to accept Him. If you need some response according to this message... When well, we invite you to come during our invitation, we're going to ask the song leader and to come. And as we sing our, our song...